0: This episode is brought to you by The One Summit, two days that would change your life forever. For tickets, go to TheOneSummit.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives.
1: Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Kristoff and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of One Hundred Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Piers, and I am here with the fabulous co-founder of the Wellness Couch and the Wellness Guys. He is the longevity legend himself, and I am excited to speak live on the air with Dr. Damien Christoph. Hi, Demo. Marcus Piers,
0: great to be here.
1: Well, Thank no, you for the arrived. intro. It's arrived. it's arrived. It is Wellness Summit week. <gasps> yeah. By the time this goes to air, it is five sleeps until the summit. And
0: for some, we won't summit. be sleeping. Yeah, if you're listening we, this, we won't be sleeping. Okay. We've got so much to do.
1: There is uh, plenty going on. But um, mm. it's just, it is, I'm just jumping out of my skin. We've got Pete Evans coming along with your big secret that you. We're so close to releasing on a recent episode of 100 Not Out. Is now out. It's in the public.
0: It is in the public. Pete
1: Evans is coming, and it's going to be massive. And I thought, Damo, I thought let's talk a bit about Pete Evans on uh, this episode because I've been talking to people about Pete Evans. Yes. And he is beginning to um, divide the nation. <laughs> well and it's interesting when health health seems to do this or food should i say seems
0: to do this yeah. Well, actually, I think health does, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, think about all the contentious things that are in around about health, you know. If you're a chiropractor, good. You know, you can split a room in a party, <laughs> you know. I'm a chiropractor, oh, and all of a sudden, someone turns around and says, oh, I hate chiropractors. Yeah. you go, oh, where do I go with that? Oh, um, no, and, and then, not. you know, then you got other people go, oh, I'm so in love with my chiropractor. I could have his babies, you know. Like, you hear those sorts of things. <laughs> so it's like polar opposites. Some people hate us. Some people love us to death. But... um
1: Okay, so we so we used to have what were the taboos? It used to be never talk about politics. Yes. Never talk about religion. Yes. Uh, what else was it? Sex.
0: Uh, poo. It's Definitely now vaccination. Poo vaccination you can't talk about that. Poo. Um, <laughs> poo. Yeah, I think you can still talk. I spoke. <laughs> about, I did a seminar last night, a presentation. I spoke about poo. I think you just it do the it. Power of poo or the power of food. Power of food. But if you pronounce it poorly, it's it sounds like pooed.
1: Yeah, nice, yeah. nice. Um, <laughs> I just love it. Okay. So, so, yeah, so there's a lot of taboo uh, with health, isn't there? And uh, Pete Evans is seeming to strike a chord yeah. amongst people. Yeah. Um, And I'm just looking, I mean, when we announced it and again, I was just talking to some family and friends and they're like, oh God, he's been in the news a bit lately. Mm. And so I started Googling. I don't consume a lot of news these days and um, I started Googling uh, what he's been up to in terms of just creating headlines and man, oh man, there's some vitriolic people out there that are very against uh, some of what Pete's talking about. So I thought, let's talk about this. You're the nutrition uh, master. Yeah. Let's have a chat.
0: Okay. Alrighty. Alrighty. Let me just say straight up, I reckon what Pete's done in the media is outstanding. I love it. The the thing is and what he's actually done is he's made everybody look at food, and he's made everybody ask questions. And what the, the benefit of that is that people become more discerning. And as a result of raising the bar, it means that we're no longer just accepting, you know, a convention that this is correct and this is true. People are now starting to have a bit of a debate about food. And I think that's really important because for too long, the food pyramid has been the way of life. And people in Australia have stuck to the food pyramid because essentially industry has paid for it and sponsored it. So, of course, it's going to get a lot of groundswell. So, all of a sudden, you get a guy. Charismatic, good-looking, on a TV show, doing a great job talking about food and teaching people how to um, eat healthy foods. And because he brands himself in a particular way, he comes under fire. So I think he's done a great job. Um, And let's just drill through. I'm happy to answer all and any question that you ask about what he said.
1: All right. Well, I reckon we should probably start at the beginning because from what I can tell, Pete was involved in an article in The Australian and he called it uh, essentially six foods I never stock uh, on my shelf or in my kitchen. Yep. So if we go to the first one, the first one was grains, Yep. Uh, including those with clever labeling like all-natural, low-fat, high-fiber, and whole grain. Now, it's no secret that Pete is a fan of the paleo diet. So yep. if you know anything about the paleo diet, you know that it's a grain-free diet. Mm-hmm. Um you and I are a bit more on the primal side of things, aren't we, Domo? But Pete's view yeah. is that there's no substantial evidence that proves we need to consume grains to be healthy, and that pretty much just that first sentence yeah. that got the the traditionalists, the the mainstream nutritionists, the GPs that like riled
0: up. them. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. So what's interesting there is that. You know, potentially there's no need to have grains in your diet. Like, there's no need to have grains. In fact, you could live a grain free life for the whole of your life and be very, very healthy. Um, and on the flip side, there's no need to avoid grains altogether because you could have grains every single day of your life for the whole of your life and live a very, very healthy life. And And we've spoken to
1: some of those people, haven't we?
0: (laughs) This is it. This is it. Now, I think that what's actually happened is that uh, grains have been made to be a swear word. It's become the longest four-letter word in the dictionary. And what we talk about there with grains is uh, there's a bit of extrapolation of data and a bit of an exaggeration there in terms of their negative effect on the body. I think in understanding the role of grains—it's it's really important to understand the different types of proteins that are in grains, and uh, just a blanket ban all grains from the diet, I think, um, is contentious and probably lacks a little bit of. Uh, it, it lacks a little bit of. How do I say this? Um,
1: you go on. No, you say. I was going to say uh, putting just to have a blanket. Like I think what we've noticed, particularly with our discussion on genes, yes, is that we do all vary. We all uh, we all have. We all have a lot of similarities but we also have a number of differences as well. So to say that grains is a bad food for everyone, I think we can probably agree that processed grains, like uh, if we're having a packet of Wheat-Bix, I think we can say that there's no one in the world that can actually have a truly healthy response. Yeah. To a packet of wheat, because might feel okay. It's not yeah. like they're on death's door. Yes, uh, and what we and what you've said is that we've interviewed people that have probably had wheat bix for breakfast most mornings of their it's life, the whole life. Yeah, and uh, doing all right. Mm-hmm. But um, but I think what you were going to say is that to have a blanket rule, and we've probably said this in the past, in, in not just with the paleo diet, but whether it's with a raw diet or a vegan diet, yeah. uh, any diet to actually yep. blanket everyone. Yes, um, to say this is the only way. What you're saying is, we probably need to consider that not everyone is going to eat the same foods, or or, or is designed to eat the same foods. Yeah,
0: this is it, we're, and we're not. And you could you take just a couple of little examples, you know, out of that. You look at genetic bloodlines in terms of our evolution and the way in which uh, human beings have evolved to better digest certain types of proteins. If you look at, you know, you and I spoke about. Uh, Chris Cress's uh, information regarding um, yeah the personal paleo personal paleo program and uh, personal paleo plan I think it was and so your you sw- your body switches off um, the ability to metabolize certain types of um, sugars and proteins as you don't require them anymore you know that was a really that was a very interesting um, way to look at it and and certainly we see that with uh, things like Uh, lactose that can happen we know that there's certain types of populations throughout the world who don't actually can you know have the lactase enzyme in their body present in their body which means they can't metabolize lactose Um, but equally we see that um, various types of grain products for example corn are poorly digested by people who don't have a bloodline that comes down through that south american sort of region where they've developed the right sort of enzymes to digest um, the cellulose structure in the corn fibre to be able to access the nutrition from the corn. Yeah, so, for example, okay. you I and I, yeah. no, there's no chance of any Mexican in us, um, even though we live in Victoria, right? <laughs> or we've been in Victoria a whole lot. Uh, we're south of the border. There's, there's, because we haven't got that, it's unlikely that we'll have the enzymes to be able to digest to get through all that. It's the same as coconut. you know. Just okay. to say that coconut, because it's healthy for some subgroups, is going to be healthy for everybody. It's probably not going to be the case. It's going to be really good for some people and not good for other people.
1: Okay. I've got to ask you. You opened so many cans of worms there, right? <laughs>
0: cans of
1: corn. All right. Okay. Cans first things corn. first, right? Yeah. I know when my boy Darby eats corn, yes. I kind of cringe. I'm like, it just doesn't because he loves it. Yeah. But I know it just comes out the other end. The other end. Right. But- I know. In if you look at some of the longest lived uh, tribes, uh, or just not even tribes, just communities, particularly over in South America, Mexico, and the rest, they live on corn. Like they have the corn um, bread kind of thing, uh, you know. But they do it all themselves, right? Forget what the word is. Um, And they live on it fine. But with 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 something like corn, because a lot of people are going to eat corn. But is it one of those things where if you don't digest it, it or you're not uh, genetically designed for it, does it make it a toxic food? (laughs) Or when it it comes out the other end, is it a bit like your sesame seed challenge? When it comes out the other end, it's just gone in, the body's gone, can't do anything with it, I'll just get rid of it. Or does it have some... Well,
0: it's not even that the body says, oh, there's some corn, can't do anything with it, I'm going to get rid of it. It's just that it's just there. It's like chewing on rocks. It's just not going to be used well by the body. So, it's just going to come out.
1: So, what yeah, you so can't do. is there use... a negative effect to that? Because if, if I took in, if I, if I swallowed a little stone, mm-hmm. I'm just asking you this because I'm just curious as I'm yes. sure others are. If I swallow a little stone, it comes out
0: the other end in my yeah. poo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is that a bad thing? <laughs> like, no, you want that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't I want know. that in there, right? Yeah. So that's a smart thing by the body. And you know the 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 question over uh, surrounding toxicity, or like I think there's even been words thrown around such as toxic oils, and and um, you know there's there's other authors out there in in the world uh, that are saying that grains are toxic, and that um, you know lectin containing um, grains, for example, are, are really bad and polyaromatic hydrocarbons and all these sorts of different derivatives of chemicals that come from the cooking and processing of certain products are are, are toxic and that they'll kill you and they'll cause cancer and they'll cause... Co- these are really outrageous. They are outrageous claims. Big and headlines? They're big headlines. They do get big headlines. and I. Th- but what I think it does by saying that is it gets people thinking about, should I be eating this much grain? Or should I be you know, cooking with this type of oil. So they start to go, okay, well, if that particular oil is not a good oil to cook with, what would be a good oil to cook with? You know, so it, it gets people questioning things, which I really like about what Pete's doing because he's, he's getting people to question and he's triggered debate. I, remember, I don't know if I told you, but I triggered this sort of debate in New Zealand when I suggested that coconut oil was a good fat for a Maori woman who was trying to lose uh, weight. And in fact, yes. um, you did it I with then a few had because you did it with eggs as well. I did it with I mean, eggs as well. That's right. So I went up against the Dietitians Association of New Zealand, or the New Zealand Dietitians Association, and uh, they lodged complaints with the uh, the Broadcasting Standards Association in New Zealand uh, because on television I said that they that people could eat eggs and it would assist them with their cholesterol. And I prefaced that by saying make sure that they're poached, not fried, and not scrambled. So I said make sure they're poached eggs. You can have two to four or six eggs a day, and you're going to find your cholesterol is going to go down, right? So yeah. my thing was that if you had it with bread lathered with butter and uh, and you had fried your eggs, then that's going to be a problem. Let's learn to eat eggs a healthy way, and yeah. uh, and and that decreased people's cholesterol. What's your what's your healthy egg way? Are you a poached egg all the way? Oh yeah. I, although insane look, I had a couple of fried eggs today because the cafe that I ate at in in Wollongong near Wollongong in Sydney didn't have. Poached eggs. They only did fried eggs, so I had to have fried eggs. Um, but I had that with some, you know, beautiful vegetables, and, and that was great. Nice way to start today.
1: What about scramble?
0: Well, look, I do it when I'm running short of time, right? It's really quick and easy to make. Um, but I don't have scrambled eggs much.
1: All right, couple more questions then. Yes. Um, so if corn can go through the body, and uh, I'm not sure if we got to the point, does it have a toxic impact if it's if I chew it up and masticate it and let it, you know, get into my digestive system?
0: Does it have a toxic effect? Yeah. Um, See, so the, the, the word toxic implies that uh, inside your body, you take on a load of, uh, of something that's pathogenic to the body. Uh, and so toxin uh, implies that it itself causes disease and creates a problem, like a significant problem, um, and could lead to death. You know, that's, that's essentially what toxin, you know, would say. It's a challenge to the body, and it, it would decrease the body's ability to survive in health. Um, there are effects of eating certain types of foods in the body that may trigger um, immune responses and that also may trigger um, uh, hormone responses within the body as a result of chemicals that are released or absorbed from the food um, when you digest it and uh, and that could be seen to be uh, toxic I suppose but it's more that the body has a response to the food um, and then the Continued gradual response to the food um, is what would be toxic to the body, not the yep. food itself initially. So there's a it's the way in which it's worded I think is a little bit contentious. Yep, cool. All righty, okay. Can I say can I say yes. that yes. Th- this is what we're discovering with gluten, you know, Alessio Fasano, I know you and I have spoken about like this, Alessio Fasano from um, universities in a university in Italy, I can't remember what university is at. He's finding that gluten affects every single human being negatively, right? So it's not just that you've got celiac disease people that suffer from gluten problems. It's the people with autoimmune diseases, you know, Graves' disease, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, um, rheumatoid arthritis. There's all these have shown links to gluten consumption, and that's coming out of Italy. And so these researchers from credible universities around the world,
1: capital of the world,
0: (laughs) exactly. um, They're finding this to be true now. Is that is gluten then toxic to the body? Uh, you would is have it to gluten say. Gluten from wheat.
1: Demo, sorry to interrupt. Is it gluten from processed wheat, or are we talking like gluten from even the most quote unquote ancient grain, like a spelt or a barley?
0: It's just gluten, so it's not what? necessarily just processed wheat. It's gluten from barley, from rye, from spelt, and from wheat. Yeah. Um, they talk about um, gluten coming from um, from oats, but. Gluten isn't actually present in oats. Oats contains a protein called avenin, and that has a similar sort of effect on the body that gluten does. And yeah. in uh, cilia sufferers, it's, uh, it's very traumatic for them. So um, it's really those five grains that people need to be aware of that have a negative effect on the body. And yes, the consumption of those grains, you can actually pull out some benefit. For example, you know there'll be people out there that will say that if you don't eat wheat, you're going to have, have lower intakes of thiamine or thiamine. But can I just tell you that thiamin is a B vitamin, and all B vitamins are heat sensitive. So the moment you toast it, it's gone. The moment you bake it, it's disappeared. So you've got to be having rolled or steamed wheat you know, so it might be a wheaty or a wheat bic or something like that that would be good. But if you're having toast, you are having the, yeah, paninis or focaccias, the thiamine's gone anyway, so it doesn't even matter because it's a B vitamin. Ooh, so well, may I
1: just take a little detour here, then, Domo, because <laughs> there was a uh, one of the one of the very irate readers of uh, the article on Pete Heavens. Yes, was a nutritionist by the name of. Come on, Uh, Barclay, Barclay, Barclay. Uh, Uh,
0: Was it Jenny Brown Miller? uh,
1: Bill Shrapnel, sorry. All right. Shrapnel. Now, Bill is a nutritionist and he's a consultant, and one of his clients includes Kellogg's Australia. Oh, yes. And uh, Bill suggested that I have to disagree with Mr. Evans on this point about grains. Aren't uh, healthy. Uh, he seems unaware of the, of grains' contribution to thiamine intake and the importance of this essential B vitamin. Yeah. But what you're saying, Demo, is that as soon as you cook a grain,
0: yes, you lose the thiamine. So it's a heat it's the high heat stuff. Yeah. Heat so if you're vitamin. boiling things up, you don't lose all the B vitamins, but you lose quite a lot of B vitamins just for boiling it. That's at 100 degrees. Now. When you're cooking things at 180 degrees, then a lot of the B vitamins are gone. They're blasted out.
1: If you're making homegrown, homegrown, home
0: home made bread, made
1: bread, bit of, even if you're doing a nice sourdough or whatever, or a scone, a scone, yes, um, (laughs) don't expect the thiamine to be in there. So then this is. Uh, not correct
0: what uh, Mr. Shrapnel is suggesting here. Well, what's interesting is that, again, it's really important not to just blanket it. So, you know, just because grain consumption contains thiamine, it doesn't mean that's the only source of thiamine. You know, you can get thiamine from mushrooms, for example. Yes. You can also get thiamine from Um, from seeds and and pulses you know you can get your thymine from other sources it doesn't have to just come from one grain so So, I'm not pro eating all grains across the board all the time what my suggestion is that if you have some grain in your diet be mindful that this shouldn't be the staple of your diet the staple should be fruits and vegetables which I think really in essence is what Pete's saying he's saying from a paleo perspective and getting right down into the dirty of it he's saying have some protein have some veggies and salad and some fruits um, actually, he, he does say be careful of fruit, but he's just saying keep it real. And, yeah. uh, and, and I think the essence of that message is important.
1: Yeah. All righty. Shall I move on to the next one? We're yeah. going to have to do this over two episodes, I think.
0: Yeah, we might have to. We Let's might have do to do the
1: second one, and then we'll probably do the rest afterwards because this one won't take too long because I think we both agree pretty solidly. Yeah. Um, soy. Soy. particularly non-fermented so he's just said here there's no solid evidence that consuming non-fermented soy produ- uh, products improves health uh, the only comparatively safe soy includes organic and non-GMO fermented forms such as miso and tempeh but it's important not to over consume even these soy products uh, and he says we use them every once in a while in certain dishes right. now Again, I am not a – I went down – when I started making some health changes in my own life, I went down the soy milk path and, oh, gosh, don't know how much soy I had but it was a decent amount. A lot, Um, yeah.
0: I think we all did.
1: I think we all did, yeah. But I think most discerning health crusaders these days would say that soy is not a relatively – considering it's just been absolutely butchered uh, and it's hard to get uh, non-GMO soy uh, these days. Most yeah. people would say that it's probably not a food that we would, uh, m- as you were probably going to say, make a staple in the diet.
0: There's a lot of people, and I'm still looking around, like if you rock into any cafe, most people are doing a soy latte or a soy skinny decaf half-strength, yeah. you know, three-quarter latte sort of thing. And uh, and and soy has definitely got a estrogenic Um, effect on the body now for some people that can be hugely beneficial and for other people it can be very very damaging and dangerous
1: and so it's not again on the podcast in itself we're just not
0: we can't blanket it we can't just say soy is bad because for people you know just if you consider the asian population you know they might have some edamame with their meal almost every day which Mm. is soybeans that are steamed um then they might have some tofu, um, and then go and have some fish and rice. You know that would that would contravene everything that Pete's saying, or that you know people are arguing that Pete's saying. And uh, and you know the Okinawans, for example, we know that they are in the blue zones and they live the longest and the healthiest lives. And uh, and they're eating some rice, they're having some fish, they're having a little bit of tofu. It's not always from. They're not having
1: packaged soy milk that we really uh, aren't one hundred percent sure as to where it's coming from per yeah. se like it's just it's much more processed like you said they might be having a, some miso and some tofu and some edamame but a lot of that is more prepared in particularly
0: say for the okinawans in yeah. a more traditional manner that's right you're right you're right and again like you know using a little bit of te- um tempeh a uh, bit of tofu uh, but even some tamari like oh, i love using tamari in my cooking because yeah. it gives yeah, some beautiful yeah. flavors um I think that's totally fine. And there's other things in our life, for example, the environmental chemicals that we come into contact with that uh, are more likely to stimulate um, xenoestrogenic absorption and effects on our body than a little bit of soy coming in from our diet, which is phytoestrogenic. And uh, the xenoestrogens are more dangerous than the phytoestrogens, but the overconsumption of phytoestrogens from excess soy intake can be very problematic for some people. but. For other people it can be great.
1: No problem. And can I yeah, can I just chime in here and say that a lot of cafes, particularly up here, and I'm not sure if it's becoming a uh, trend in Victoria, but uh I can get almond milk, uh I can get almond milk lattes. I know a lot of people don't like them. Um <laughs> you can get a, a, a latte with almond milk these days. And even Damo, I don't know again if this is uh, reaching the uh the Victorians and the uh, and Melbourneian cafes, but the up here you can get uh coconut milk, almond milk, rice milk cow's milk soy milk <laughs> uh, so some cafes have now got a list I mean it's pretty crazy when you think God is, is nutrition really like that complex these days that we have to have five different milks for a
0: coffee <laughs> it's been it's been really it's been really made um, difficult nutrition and i think it's been made difficult because there's such polar extremes and i think what's really important to understand is that all nutrition is is a is a bunch of theories and so it's not just one absolute science there's still every time we say one thing you look back to the 80s and look at the saturated fat argument go into the 90s and go oh my gosh well we better do all do atkins get into the early 2000s and you start to talk about um primal eating, get into the two thousand and tens that we're talking about paleo. Um, and veganism. You know, there's well, just about
1: the two extremes. We're probably the in the ex- most
0: extreme decade we've ever been so in so extreme Wyoming. right now. So extreme. And there's no need. The common ground, the middle ground is fruits, vegetables, salads, proteins, good quality fats. Um, a little bit of no gluten or non-gluten containing grains. And for those of you who don't really care about gluten, then have a little bit of gluten. But you know, at the end of the day, it's about keeping your food as real as possible.
1: Yeah. Now, um, I'm reckoning we're out of time, demo. and we're going to have to continue the uh, the list on the next episode. What do you think? Oh, okay. Let's do that. Damon. Now, Damo. Oh, I didn't say this at the beginning, but I'll say it now. Yes. We're going to give pending pending a sold out summit, but we're going to give uh, one double pass. Two tickets. Right, two tickets. Yep. Oh, no, you know what? I can't do it. Sorry. Why not? It's too tricky. Oh, no, no, I'll do it. But I mean, it has to be two single passes.
0: It's just too tricky to set up. Sorry, <laughs> I'm now talking. Um, no, what it'll tricky. be is we'll have one code. The total amount of tickets that it'll be is two tickets. And the maximum that that person can order is two. So that'd be yeah, all
1: right. Yeah, no, seriously. Let me run this. It's it's too tricky because that's a ticket type thing. Um, All right. So two single passes. Yes. For the first two people that go to thewellnesssummit.com and put in the code 100NO... Free. No, no. 100NO Summit... Free. Free. doesn't have to be capitals or lowercase, whatever you like. 100NO Summit Free the first two people that go to the com get a free ticket how good is that that's pretty
0: cool don't that's tell cool. don't tell us we don't love you let's let's just say that right now we love I that you listen do, to us we love well, it well
1: by the time this goes to where there will still be some tickets left but if you're listening on friday it quite possibly could be sold out last year we were i think we had four seats left maybe yeah so um, hopefully if you are listening on a monday or a tuesday you uh, Get to come along to the summit on us on 100 Not Out as a thank you for your uh, support over the uh, many episodes. All righty. Um, Demo, as always, thanks for joining us. I'm going to grill you again on the next episode of 100 Not Out. Remember, folks, we would love to hear your feedback. You can provide it in any number of ways. The best way is to go to our website at www.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 Not Out. Also, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash 100 Not Out. That is all words. And remember, if you've liked this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Check out thewellnesscouch.com where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available, including the number one show, The Wellness Guide. Go- Uh, So until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life.
0: Hi, Kim Morrison here from Up For A Chat. Cindy, Karen, and I cannot wait to arrive in Melbourne for this year's event. The Wellness Couch publishes over 300 podcasts per year, but there is only one Wellness Summit in 2014, and we want you to be there. We want to meet our listeners and share with you the information that we simply cannot put onto a podcast. If you're ready to take your health and your life to another level, then join us crazy Up For A Chat girls, the gorgeous just hunk of spunk wellness guys and some very special guests at this year's summit. Tickets are just $297 and are available at thewellnesssummit.com. Can't wait to see you there. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter, The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.